0: he's like, here's the deal, Lauren, on houses that sell for $5 million, you don't have to have the margin. You think like all it has to do is go up just a little bit and you're still making like a hundred thousand dollars. Even if the property, you just had a 5% like margin profit margin. Like that could be a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand $300,000 on that price point. What's up, rhinos? You're listening to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Hardy. Today, I'm stoked because I've got one of my OG friends in the business. His name is Kale Darling. And Kale and I have known each other for many, many years when we were total noobs to the real estate investing industry. I met Kale when I was a part of a mastermind. So this was like my first maybe two, three years investing. And Kale at the time, worked for an investor. He worked for the coach, the leader of this mastermind, the owner of the mastermind group and Kale went from employee of a real estate investor to an actual full-blown real estate investor. One thing that Kale and I have in common is that we both live in a crazy high-priced area, Orange County. So we struggle to find deals in our local market. So Kale is actually one of the first people I spoke to and could relate with about going virtual and flipping houses virtually. So in this episode, I'm going to pick Kale's brain about, you know, his experience with going virtual, what it's like to do deals in Orange County, California, and everything, you know, about house flipping virtually, the things that might come up. Hopefully you guys will get super, super inspired by it. So without further ado, Kale, welcome to Wholesaling Inc.
1: Awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm stoked.
0: So Kale is hiding, I think, in his closet at the moment from his 17 children he has. (laughs) How many kids do you have?
1: I have five, five kids.
0: He literally has five kids and he's so young. Kale, how (laughs) young are you? I'm 33. He's only 33 years old and he has five kids. Crazy, crazy. I don't even know how you do it. I have two kids and it feels like 10, so. Yeah,
1: it's insane, but making it work currently. Just keep on going one day at a time.
0: Yeah. Well, at least you're self-employed now. So you could probably, you probably have some good flexibility there, right?
1: Yeah. Sometimes- too much flexibility. So, like, this week has not been uh, the greatest for me. I've been to L.A. twice for family stuff, and yeah, just kids for the summer, and just nonstop yeah. family stuff going on. So, good. yeah, yeah, you, you're about
0: to like lie to your family that you got a job.
1: Yeah, yeah, I joke about that all the time. Like, you know, I'm just gonna get a nine to five. This is uh, <laughs> this family stuff isn't working, and I need the nine to five.
0: Absolutely. No, I can feel you. I feel you on that. There is like some major benefits to self-employment because like you are flexible. So like when your kids are out of school for summer or when you're sick, no big deal. Like you don't have to ask a boss for time off, but then that responsibility always falls on you. So, yeah. you know, you actually have it, to like be home working around. It eliminates
1: kids. your excuses. So yeah, you can't just For say, sure. Oh, my boss won't let me. <laughs> you know, you got to kind of really own that. And you know, if you don't want to do something, you really got to say it's you. So that's
0: I know, I know. I feel you. Well, Kale, tell the audience a little bit about your background and how you got into real estate investing.
1: Yeah, I'll try to keep it short. I can tend to get long winded. So before you and I met, I used to work for a construction company, development company, they did like low income housing. So I was doing that. And going to school, I thought I wanted to be an architect, I always kind of knew I wanted to be in real estate. When I was younger, my parents bought a house right next door to us, it was my friends were moving, you know, and we kind of shared a backyard in a way with a fence, their backyard was bigger. So my parents decided to buy their house and make their backyard bigger and keep the other one as a rental so anyways I just remember thinking that was cool that my parents owned like two houses <laughs> and so they would bring you know a rent check over to my parents and I was just like that it doesn't seem like they're doing a whole lot of work they're just bringing them this money I didn't see all, you know all the details or you know how much their mortgage payment was or anything like that I just thought it was cool so I kind of knew I wanted to be in real estate construction development company going to school to be an architect and then you know fast forward a little bit I was in in a job that I didn't love. And Justin, I found out that he was hiring, and I said, I'll do whatever it takes, whatever you need me to do. I'm all in and let's figure this thing out. So I worked for him, flipping houses for three years on my exact date, three year date. I quit. I've been doing it on my own for a little over six years now, almost seven years.
0: That's, so that's awesome. That yeah. is awesome. And at that time, so you were working for just, you know, family owned business. And he was flipping where we live, because I remember he was local to the Orange County area, right? So- At what point did you guys start taking your model virtually? Because I remember it was all like local for a while. And then it was like, "Uh, deals are getting kind of hard to find. So let's start looking out elsewhere, right?
1: Yeah. So if I remember correctly, I think it was about a year and a half in. And it just seemed like deals were because before I got hired, he was flipping about like 100 houses a year. And that just seemed to get harder and harder as we kept going and yeah. so just kind of thinking how do we do this do we you know increase marketing or what do we do and at that time he was in a mastermind group I would go with him and there were people doing deals all over the country wholesaling so it was kind of like hey we know all these wholesalers across the country why don't we buy from some of these wholesalers test out some of these other markets so when i worked for him we actually flipped houses in like 13 different states it was insane
0: Whoa. Yeah. Okay. That's crazy. Now at that time, I remember that time. So I want to guess it was around 2015. If yeah, I had that's to pretty guess.
1: Accurate. Yeah. I would guess. So. Yeah.
0: Cause I remember I was in the same mastermind, you know, that, that person that he worked for actually had like the coaching and the, he was my coach. I love him. And so we were going through it together. Like we were all like equally saying, you know, it's getting real tight here and it's hard to find deals. And California right now and Orange County area. And we weren't just Orange County. I mean, I would drive two and a half hours to a deal. I mean, Mm -hmm. it was, you know, LA County, Northern LA County, San Bernardino, Riverside. Like we were going everywhere. I know. Yeah. We bought some stuff from you. Yeah. You bought stuff from me. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. And we also use the same contractor. (laughs)
1: There's a lot of overlap was, in this business. That to... There
0: is a lot of overlap in this business, but yeah, it started getting really hard. And I remember hearing about you guys going virtually and then I started thinking, well, shoot, like if they're having a hard time, cause he used to do a hundred deals a year. I remember that. Like if they're having a hard time, then it makes sense that I should probably consider going virtual as well. So I kind of followed your guys's lead and decided to go virtual. And I started flipping and my first virtual venture was like building houses in Nashville. So. I kind of followed you. And, you know, at that time, so you guys started, what were some of the challenges of house flipping? Because remember, guys, they weren't wholesaling, they were house flippers. So what were some of the challenges of flipping a house virtually?
1: Oh, man, where do I begin? (laughs) Oh, it's insane. In the beginning, we had a lot of advantages, because kind of the way that we structured it is we said, Hey, you know, if we buy a deal from you, We will buy it if you have referrals for us. So if you know of a good contractor that you've used before, if you have a good local agent, you know, just kind of ask him what title, escrow, stuff like that, attorney, if it's depending on the state, you know. So we kind of just said, hey, we'll buy it if you, you know, kind of hold our hand a little bit. So, sure. which is obviously, I think that's a really good way to go. that's hard at scale. We bought in all these different areas and all these new people, so many different contractors, so many different agents. there were just so everything was new, and there was so much of it was new. So it's like flipping a hundred houses in your area that you have all these relationships established with is like one thing. But then when you have all these different relationships across the country you know, people do business a different way. There's different expectations. So, I mean, there's so many different ways I could head with that answer, but I would say the biggest issues that we had with contractors. I think that's probably like an obvious one because we would kind of set up these expectations. We would say, hey, this is what we want. This is what we're thinking. These these are materials we want to use. And then, you know, people would do things in a different way or try to cut corners. And it's really, really easy virtually. I'm sure you've had experience with is, you know when you look at a picture on your phone especially in 2015, I mean, the cameras are a lot better now but still even now, you know, they take a picture of like the corner. The kitchen, you know, you see the cabinets are installed, the countertops, backslash, you see everything looks good in that picture, but obviously you can't turn around and you see all the rest of it or, you know, that they tied electrical, new electrical into old knob and tube or, you know, what they covered up or, you know, it's hard.
0: I literally just posted on my Instagram. If you guys want to check I it out, it. this mom flips. Did you see that? It yeah, was I a literal <laughs> posted this exact thing where we are doing a huge like full gut on a house. It was a duplex. So I live in California. This house is in Pennsylvania. This house was a duplex, but the single families go for more than a duplex would go in that neighborhood. So we're turning it back to like a high end single family. It's like a very like kind of gentrifying area, and it's like two hundred thousand dollar construction. <laughs> budget type job we had to basically like gut out the house like tear down walls and then we had a framer come in to like reframe the whole you know house and frame out the rooms and like in one area the hallway is so skinny <laughs> I'm like, why? Like when you guys were framing this, like, you know, like the framer, it's like, what were you thinking? You know, like, did you not think to like, let us know that like, hey, you can only sell this house to really skinny people because the hallway is two feet. (laughs) It's like two feet long. Like, are you kidding me? And with enough, so I've had some experience flipping virtually by now. I think I've been virtual. God, I've been virtual since 2016. So how many years is that? Like six years. So, you know, I have experience with this kind of thing. Right. And so I know better to not flip in like 13 markets. (laughs) Um, Instead, I think I take the approach of just like one market so I could really build out that team that I built in California. And luckily, like I have just a guy full time, like a project manager full time that like goes and looks for those sorts of things. So he goes and he after the place was framed, he's like, okay, yeah, this hallway is not going to work. Like we got to do something. So we have to now reframe like that part of the house.
1: (laughs) But at least you caught it early enough, because like like some of the issues that we had, you know, is people they're like, Oh, I guess they knew, I guess they knew that their hallway was going to be two feet wide, you know? And then it's like the next person comes in, the guy who does the drywall, they're like, Oh, I guess this is it. And then you get so far down the line that some of these things, just because you're not there local, you can't, you know, drive down the street and check on these projects. Things get so far that they just get exponentially more expensive. So yeah, it's. Oh uh, my
0: gosh. Yeah. That could have been like probably like a $10,000 problem because if they would have drywalled, built out closets, built the bathrooms, we're on the other side of those walls. And then like our realtor came in and was like, whoa, what's going on with that? Like that would be more than a $10,000 problem. That could have been a serious problem. So yeah, I mean, flipping virtually is not for the faint of heart. It's not in a beginner strategy at all. And it's funny because when you were local with that investor, We had the same contractor. So I know, man, it was awesome. I have never found a contractor that good anymore. We used to call that guy up when we had the property under contract. He would come in, give me a bid. That bid number would stay the same. He would never give you a change order. He would Mm -hmm. never, unless it was like something you really did, like very obvious. He would make that number work. And when I closed on the property, I'd meet him again. I'd hand him the keys and he would just let me know when it was done. It was always done on time. Mm-hmm. I would just come back 6 weeks later, the house is done, remodeled, and I would put it on the market. It was amazing. We were so spoiled, Kale. We were no. so spoiled.
1: Trust me, and I know. <laughs> then,
0: yeah, and then you go like to other parts of the, you know, the country and you're like, "Oh, wait, what?" Like, okay, that was rare. Like we just got really lucky.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. It's very, very, very difficult to find a contractor that will do what you're talking about and that doesn't cost you an arm and a leg. You could find somebody who's like double the price that would do that. But I mean, they're double the price, so you're not going to make any money anyway. So another thing that I wanted to say that was maybe not as obvious, but like, you know, your market and you know what will fly and what won't fly. So, you know, sometimes you buy a house and you're like, okay, I don't need to do landscaping or, okay, I don't need to replace the cabinets. I can just paint them or, you know, there's little things here and there like, oh, I don't have a garage. It's not a big deal. We're in Southern California. You know, people will be fine, you know, as long as the comp support is stuff like that. But then you go out of state and you assume that some of those things are the same and they're way different. Like not having a garage in like certain areas, it's like, dude, you can price the house way lower, but people still don't want it. So that is another very, very difficult thing is because there's so many nuances to these markets that you just kind of have to learn as you put one foot in front of the other unless you have somebody like I think in your post you said this is why you like have somebody like boots on the ground type of thing so unless you have somebody there holding your hand that can see these things and point them out like that's a huge thing that was a very very big thing for us
0: it's funny that you said the word nuances that's the exact word I use in my coaching program all the time when going virtual. so if you guys aren't aware, I coach virtual investing mastery with wholesaling Inc and it is a you know six month coaching program that takes you from beginner to you know closing your first ten deals virtually and I always say that word that, Going virtual and picking a territory, there's so many nuances about every single territory. There's no way you would know. Like you need a coach to coach you how to go virtual. I had a coach that coached me how to go virtual. You need it. And you absolutely need boots on ground. You need somebody there. So if you are going to flip houses, this is my two solutions for you. Number one is just joint venture with a local house flipper. Make a deal like, hey, we can split this 50-50 you know, you got to have some skin in the game. I would make sure that they have some skin in the game. I wouldn't just hand them a deal and pay for everything. No way. I'd make sure that they're, you know, just as vested to get this project done as their other projects. So I would say like partner up with a local house flipper and do like several deals with that person until you're in kind of that next stage, which is like, you could afford to hire a project manager. Now you could have a full-time project manager if you have that budget, but if you don't, you could just on a deal by Ideal basis, have somebody that does project management for you. So I've done it both ways. Like I've had a guy that just charged, you know, like a flat, you know, three to $5,000 kind of depending on the project. And they're not the general contractor. They're just managing the general contractor for you. So they're kind of like your eyes in the sky. So those are like my two solutions to kind of overcoming those nuances, you know, like to learn them. One but- thing
1: I was going to add to that is that people having skin in the game is a huge part of it because it's really easy like one thing that maybe wasn't the best way to go about it is we're just like hey we'll find a local wholesaler and we thought the skin in the game was that they would want to continually sell us deals if we're not making money we're not going to buy deals but You know, if you partner with somebody local that they're going to be putting in time and money and effort and all that, if you're looking at a bad deal, it might look like a deal to you. But if you're looking at a bad deal and they have to, you know, have skin in the game, they're not going to buy a bad deal if, you know, obviously if they're smart. But so that'll protect you a lot is if you have somebody who has skin in the game.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you guys have to like really think these things through like before you make, I call it like you have to make calculated, you know, risks here and buying a property virtually. It's like, like, you got to think of all the ways that it could go wrong and how do you protect yourself? So yeah, it's huge that you got to see that your joint venture partner is like equally as motivated as you to get this thing done and get it done on time. So the other thing that I did that helped me out a lot, I made this decision this year because I kind of took A break from flipping and just did wholesaling and just dominated virtual wholesaling. But a piece of my soul was missing because I actually love the flipping business. Like that's why I got into this, is I love like projects and design and like that like brings me a ton of joy. So, you know, this year I was like, okay, I gotta get the virtual flipping process like really mastered. So I reached out to other people that do it you know, a ton and have been doing it for years. And they gave me that, like, you need to have a project manager advice. So the other thing that I have on my team is luckily my boyfriend. So on top of having somebody, I have a guy boots on ground. Who's like kind of my construction manager. And he like goes and he's at the houses like every three days, like making sure that there's, you know, movement to the homes. And he's checking like the hallways and, you know, he's the one that's catching that you have a skinny hallway kind of stuff. My boyfriend Drew has been in the construction industry his like whole life like since he was 14. So he's managing virtually the contractors just everything. And he thinks of things that, like, I don't even think of because I don't have that construction background. Like maybe you do because you have the construction background. But a lot of real estate investors don't have construction background. So, like we don't think of like how to issue payment, for example. Like if a contractor gave me an invoice, I would just pay it. I wouldn't even question it. I'd go, okay, they must have done that work. And, okay, Drew's like, No, you submit an invoice and you prove you did. You prove to me you did the work. And he Mm -hmm. will like negotiate their invoices. He's like, nope, I'm not paying you that. I'm going to pay you half of that because you did not do that much work. Like, it's so funny how he's like, he knows how to push back and I don't. And if it was like me, I would just keep getting totally taken advantage of. But like, luckily, I have him. So like highly recommend, you know, working with, again, experienced house flipper who's doing it locally, project manager who seriously knows what they're doing. And don't do like a project manager who's like never worked construction. So I made that mistake. I got a project manager who just was like, he had rentals. He was like an investor, but like he didn't speak the construction language. He actually got me like robbed by a contractor. He told me like, yeah, go make like the first deposits $13,000. He's going to buy all the materials with that and start the work. Like if it was Drew, Drew would have been like, are you out of your mind? I will buy the materials actually, and I will pay you when you're done doing your work. How about that? Like this was virtual. Like that contractor took my thirteen thousand dollars. He paid something off another debt he had. So he robbed Peter to pay Paul and disappeared.
1: Yeah. So, it happens way too often. It's horrible. Yeah. Way yeah, too common. Yeah, it's so tragic. It's crazy.
0: It's tragic. It is tragic. That's crazy. But, you know, aside from all the like horror stories, right? We, and I hope we provided some value, you know, just kind of helping you because there are workarounds, right? But there's a reason we keep doing it, right, Kale?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yep.
0: I mean, try to find a deal in our backyard right now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, to do enough volume, you know, it's like you can probably do some stuff in your own backyard, but yeah, to do enough volume, you got to kind of not be limited to just, you know, where you can drive within 30 minutes. It's just unrealistic.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, we live in SoCal. So reminder, we're living in a very high price area. I think our average purchase price in our area is like 1 million at this point. Yeah.
1: It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Anyone in like the Bay Area, like, you know, New York, Miami, like anywhere where just like real estate is just super, super, you know, hot. And yeah, you could probably flip in your backyard. Yes, everyone's like, oh, I know someone who's killing it here and flips here. And it's like, yeah, there's always like that one person that's kind of figured out a niche. But more often than not, like people are leaving those areas and like flipping outside of those areas. So
1: Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. Or niche down or yeah, there's always obviously some competitive advantage that you can find in some way that you can make it work, but you just gotta, yeah, you you can't just make it easy and be like, Oh, I want to flip in my neighborhood. You know, it's like,
0: no. Yeah. (laughs) No, what I actually heard, I was at a party last weekend and this guy was like, no, like there's people flipping in my neighborhood. I was like, what? What do you mean? You know, like what's the play there? Cause he lives in Newport beach. So I'm like, what's the play? He's like, here's the deal, Lauren on houses that sell for $5 million, you don't have to have like the margin you think like all it has to do is go up just like a little bit and you're still making like a hundred thousand dollars like even if the property like you just had a five percent like margin profit margin like that could be like a hundred thousand two hundred thousand three hundred thousand dollars on that price point he's like so you know like you find like a fixer upper for like (laughs) 2.5 you know you're like you put a million in it i mean these homes look crazy good i mean you have to Mm -hmm. know high end you need to know yeah How to do high-end construction and know what finishes to, you know, pick and all that. You know, and like, you know, and then you sell it for like 5.5. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that's the flipping that happens in these markets. And that is not a beginner strategy. That's a 15 year veteran, like doing those. And it's
1: not somebody who's doing, you know, I mean, maybe they are, but probably pretty rare that those people are doing a pretty high volume. I think a lot of people, yeah, they have, you know, those three deals they did that year or something, which is fine. I mean, that's great if you can make enough money. And I mean, that's great strategy if you know it, but yeah, do each his own. I mean, I think, you know, like the mastermind we were part of just would always say there's a million ways to make a million dollars, but if you focus on too many of them, you won't make anything at all. So you got to know what you're doing and really narrow down and focus on that.
0: I totally agree. I decided to just go virtual. You did too, you know. I took that approach. You know, who knows? What I love about this business is that you can change your mind. So like you could do kind of that mid-range, low or low-end even flip and do that. And, you know, for four years, five years, and then, you know, you might go, you know, I'm ready, I'm bougie, and I want to do like some high-end stuff. I want to do projects that I'm excited about. Who's to say that in like three years, I'm not doing like high-end beach houses? Who knows, you know, but like you said, like you got to focus on like one thing. So well, Kale, thank you so much for sharing your stories and advice. Do you have a social media handle if anybody ever wanted to reach out and say hi?
1: Yeah, I guess. I'm not really like out there too much, but I think it's just Kale Darling. K-A- L-E-D-A-R-L-A-N-G, Kale Darling. Instagram is like the only thing I look at. I never look at Facebook. So yeah, awesome. if you want to follow me there. Well,
0: give Kale a follow. Yeah. And thank you so much for being on the show. And guys, if you are interested in taking your business virtually, if anything I said resonated you, I've got the place for you to go. Go to www.virtualinvestingmastery.com. I've got an amazing tribe there. You get weekly coaching calls with yours truly. You've got a forum where, Where I'm answering questions every single day. So you've got that daily support and we do once a month meetups at my office. So you get to hang out with me. So go ahead, go to www.virtualinvestingmastery.com. Thank you so much for listening and I'll see you next time.
1: Awesome. Thank you.